Hi, welcome to Bipolar Bicoastal. I'm Anna. And I'm Maria. We're twins living on opposite coasts. Here to talk about navigating life while bipolar. Hi, Nanners. Hey, Mia. Welcome back. Welcome back. First episode of season two. I am so excited to be back recording with you. I mean, we've been recording this whole time, but it's very fun knowing that this week we are going to be releasing this episode out into the world again. Um, And I am so excited for what we have to discuss as well. Yeah, we're talking about imposter syndrome today. And as it specifically as it pertains to imposter syndrome around our mental illness. Fun. But first, Anna's going to talk to you about some differences between season one and season two. Yes. So things are going to sound a little different moving forward. We will be releasing every other week instead of once a week as before. It will still be on Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Other things that we're doing this this season, we're bringing you tons of amazing episodes, interviews with lots of bipolar experts, but also just, you know, people with lived experience bipolar, including Rudy Caceres, who is a phenomenal bipolar advocate. If you have time, please look up his, they're not TED Talks, but they're like the um, like equivalent of TED Talks, the Bipolar Barbie and Dr. Patricia Sullivan, a psychiatrist who answered all of our and your burning questions, including a lot that we did not think that she would touch with a 10-foot pole, but she gave insightful, thoughtful answers and very surprising ones, too. So definitely keep an eye out for that. In two weeks, we'll be releasing the Bipolar Barbie episode. If you don't know who she is, she is an Australian bipolar influencer and soon-to-be published author of actually two books, which is, you know, we don't do things small, you know, it has to be not one but two books. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so funny um, and so insightful. Um, It's also going to sound a little different. Yes, so we're going to keep our episodes focused more on the topics and keep the podcast as a resource for those interested in learning about bipolar disorder and mental health more generally. We also want to keep the episodes a bit shorter. So if you miss uh, our off-topic twin banter Uh, You can subscribe to our Patreon, where for $5 a month, you'll get two bonus episodes, including news roundups, and also we do a Lady Dynamite watch party every month with ourselves and the rest of our Patreon community, so that's also very fun. so fun. I was in tears last time. Like, I was dying, so it was so nice to get to meet so many of you Mm -hmm. and just bond with people who have been through really similar things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and we've been posting on our Patreon all throughout the season break and when you subscribe you get access to all of our previous episodes as well so and it's quite fun lots of content on there and lots of content if you miss us you know every week there's four episodes a month between the main feed and the patreon feed so that's a way to fill in those gaps yes okay so as previously mentioned today we're talking about imposter syndrome i have some definitions for you oh head on ready anna head us with them all right so imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. This is great. I'm sure Anne and I have versions of this professionally in some regard, but we're actually talking about the one as it 
or imposter syndrome as it applies to mental illness yes. and its treatment. If you want to hear about our imposter syndrome in relation to our professional life, we'll be taking an imposter syndrome in the workplace quiz over on our Patreon, a lot of other quizzes as well. So yeah. if that's something that you're missing in your life, there's where to find it. Oh, yeah. We take a lot of quizzes on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's quite delightful. Okay. So, but this one means that certain individuals may see themselves as less ill so for example less depressed or less anxious than their peers or other mentally ill people so then they use their lack of severe symptoms as the indication of no or a minor issue and then because of that people will not seek help for their issues and see their problems as not worthy of psychiatric attention preventing them from getting treatment and a diagnosis as well so yes. that's what we're talking about. It's interesting. So I had suggested this episode to Maria because we've been talking mm-hmm. about the podcast and, you know, whether we felt bipolar enough to be having this podcast and just more in yes. generally. We've been doing a lot of interviews and hearing these like really extreme, exciting, I think is like a weird way to say it. But to me, that's what it was like versions of it. And I've also been joining a lot of Facebook groups for people with bipolar disorder. And there are... Yeah just so many things that seem you know people who have been in and out of the hospital dozens of times or who just I guess just seem more bipolar and it just seems like are we bipolar enough to be talking about this but I didn't realize that this was such I thought this was like something that only Maria and I experienced and then Maria looked it up on Wikipedia the definition of imposter syndrome and in like the main article there was like this mental illness thing and I was like oh okay like a lot of other people apparently have, it's quite a thing who knew so hopefully in in the that was really normalizing for us and really validating so hopefully this us talking about it is also really validating for yeah. anyone else who's felt this way yes i just wanted to say that because well i guess it's made it me feel like okay this is like even more of an important episode because if you feel like you're not you know blank enough like depressed enough anxious enough bipolar to enough then you won't seek treatment and then or you could also like not stay on your treatment so it actually prevents people from getting treatment which I thought was like really bad because at least for me when I uh was manic I I don't think it's imposter syndrome I just didn't think that I um like had bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. but I didn't think there's anything wrong with me when I was depressed like I think like if you hadn't pointed out Anna like I think that you're depressed I might have just been like oh no I'm a I'm a piece of shit so like there's right no like I'm just like I'm just like gonna feel anxious and like bad for the rest of my life and just like or like looked for like external factors over like getting actual treatment because I I would have been like oh well I'm not suicidal so like there's no yeah treatment and that is how I I felt for years yeah I was I mean I was depressed on and off for years and I didn't get help until it got really bad. But also, I felt like I had a valid reason for feeling that way. It wasn't until I had suffered, like, a huge right. loss of a person who was really important for me. And I'll just say, I think it's been mentioned in other episodes, but it was um, a professor of ours and a mentor who just had a huge impact in our life. And we lost him way too soon. Right. It just sent me into this, like, depression. But I also, like, every other depression... I should have been felt okay getting help. I just didn't. And it wasn't until I was like, oh, it's not an imposter thing because, you know, anyone who lost a really important person in their life would need help around that. Right. 
Yeah, so I think that it's good that we're talking about this. And I just wanted to go into a little bit why, what what makes me feel like an imposter with bipolar disorder. So, for example, like I've only had one hypomanic and one depressive episode. Mm-hmm. I am bipolar too. So my, um, just to, so people know what that is, you, if you have bipolar too, and, and for me, my bipolar too, I had a hypomanic episode, so I never had psychosis. It lasted like a few months, but I never had to be hospitalized <laughs> for my whole for disorder. My Marie did go to the hospital for a strap throat during that, but that's aside <laughs> yeah. the point. You all know that story by now. Yeah, and so like like anyone else with hypomania, it's like you, it's like mania. I wasn't sleeping very much, and I wasn't eating very much, mm-hmm. but. It's still bipolar disorder, it's just a different type. But I couldn't recognize it as that because when I saw Anna going through her episode a year earlier, it looked a lot different than mine. And it looked, to me, it looked more like textbook classic bipolar. Like, that's bipolar disorder, and what I have is not. And with mania, it's, like, the opposite of imposter syndrome, kind of, but the same result, where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't need any help because... I yeah. am feeling so good, or at least that's how what it was for you. We'll talk about what it was yeah. like for me in a second, but like everyone else is wrong for saying that I need help. Like I'm thriving right now. Like, did you see my new car? Totally. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. So it's that you don't get treatment, but it's kind of for the opposite reason, where it's like not that like yeah. you don't feel like good enough to get treatment, but you feel too good to get treatment. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. So for me, I have felt like an imposter. It feels like I'm not... I guess it's what it all comes down to is like us feeling not bipolar enough. Because I've been stable for four years now, knock on wood. And I'm right. very proud of that. The first time my therapist said I was... It sounded like I was in remission. I like almost cried. I was like, that just it just feels so good. Yeah. I've been struggling with depression for so long. And it just feels so good to make it through winter without calling myself a piece of shit every day. Like that just feels so good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even notice. I just felt okay. And she was like, that's a really big deal. And I was like, okay. So it's been four years. And the other thing is my manic episode doesn't sound like a lot of the other ones that I've heard or found. For example, like with Maria's, for what it seemed like for me, like she felt really good the entire time. She wanted it to keep going. And for me, it's like I, I didn't have any of like... I don't want to say the fun symptoms, but, like, what it seems like from the outside, like, the fun symptoms, like, the hypersexuality, even though that was, like, a really scary thing for you in the end, but, like, I never felt like, you know, this, like, I I felt like my ideas were really important, but Mm -hmm. it's not like I felt necessarily, like, very, like, charming. It was just, like, I was, like, I needed to get a bunch of stuff done, and I, like, didn't, you know, have this, like, really fun time on it I mean I had a few days that were kind of fun but also pretty dark like I was in the throes of a really unhealthy relationship and a lot of my thinking about that time is wrapped up in that relationship so like you know to me there's not a lot of romanticism around like you know spending literally like an entire night up with your partner doing the New York Times like 36 questions to fall in love and, but oh then, my goodness. Like, yeah. Should we do that quiz? <laughs> but like kind of being like, oh, like these answers, even though they're matching up, like don't make me feel good. Like it, it wasn't that much fun. Right. I took a lot of baths. We Marie Kondo, which is like in hindsight kind of a funny story, but... Marie Kondo is where you clean out all your stuff and basically like throw out... You like, had to hold every stuff. item be like, does this work? If not, then you throw it out. It's just like, yeah. there are a bunch of stuff. Some of the stuff I probably would still like to have. And then I was in the yeah. hospital. Like, you know, and then it, and then it got really yeah. dark and... 
I was like a danger to myself and others in terms of like I spent a day throwing out everything in my room that I thought I could use to kill myself. Not that I, I was like very adamant. I was like, I'm not suicidal, but like if I was, these window ties could be how yeah. I hurt myself. And like, let's push the bed in front of the window so that I can't jump out. And like, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary for everyone. It was scary for me. Like, I was aware that something was wrong, which is not something that I hear about a lot in these stories of mania. Right. It's like someone being like, there's something wrong with me. Like, this is not normal. Yeah. And then I was in the hospital, which fucking sucked. There are, like, some fun memories of, like, dancing, like, in the hospital, but mostly it was just, like, getting yelled at and feeling like I was doing the wrong thing the entire time. And then getting out and having to hide the fact that I was manic and pretend to go into an internship that I had. So it just, like, it feels weird that I don't have those, like, stories of, like... Like, someone was asking us, like, oh, did you, like, party so much when you were manic? And I was like, I was living at home, and, like, I don't think I drank at all during it. I was just trying to, like, calm myself down, basically, and then just, like, yelling at people. It was, like, not that much fun. And anyways, point being, kind of a blessing of that is that I never, like, have felt compelled to go off my meds to go back to that state, which I feel like is such a trope of people's stories of being bipolar is like, I wanted to feel that good again. So I stopped taking my meds and then I felt really bad (laughs) and like, then I had to go back on them again, but I have never, I've never felt compelled to like go off my meds. And in fact, the few times that I've like run out of medication, it's just been like, I feel so anxious and like hyped up and like, now I'm like nervous the whole time. Yeah. And also, we been touching this a little bit earlier, but I think this is important. Neither of us also were ever content warning suicidal. And that, to me, it feels, like, really weird to compare my suffering to someone's depression where they got to that point. Right. And I know it's not fair to myself to compare them, but it just yeah. feels weird that, you know, we speak so much on these things, but there are some things which our lived experience never came close to touching on. So, yeah, like, I feel it, the same way yeah. about, like, psychosis. Right. And even my, psych- not to minimize it, like, even my psychosis wasn't that bad, right? It was just, like, some yeah. auditory hallucinations of, like, your voice that were very comforting. So. Kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like, even when I'm reading studies. Sorry, and that I, and that I knew weren't real, because you weren't there, and I knew, I had a word right. to that. Sorry, but keep going. No, 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 no worries. But yeah, so like, we'll never be able to make an episode that's just the two of us talking about psychosis or like an episode that's just the two of us talking about suicide. So we do these things called bipolar news roundups on our Patreon, where we go through articles from the month about bipolar disorder. Uh, we get like Google alerts. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever I'm reading about it, severe mental illness is classified as uh, a, mental, a mental illness that involves psychosis and so right. I'm always like well I never had that I guess I'm not actually like bipolar enough to like get any special accommodations or like right. to yeah speak more about it or you know I same thing like I haven't suffered enough I'll never know what it's like to be not on what I won't but like I so far I don't know what it's like to actually have like hallucinations and psychosis and stuff mm-hmm. yeah maybe like I did kind of derail my life for three months but it doesn't feel the same but i think now we should go into like why like push back on this yeah let's push back on this a little bit maybe people listening can relate and yeah now we're gonna give you some reasons why yeah and the first about and most important this. reason is 
just knowing that we're bipolar is enough with or without diagnosis. Right. So if you have never felt comfortable or never had access to a mental health provider who affirms like your lived experience with bipolar disorder, that's okay. Like if you know it, then you know it. And that is like all that you need. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to go into like the more specific ones that like comfort us, like specifically when we think about it. But even if none of these things were true, just that first reason being true, that you know that you're bipolar, that is enough. Even if there are people in your life who tell you that you aren't or that you're, like, being dramatic or whatever. That's like, not a big may deal. Have you, or if there's, like, professionals who think that you need a diagnosis in order to get any sort of accommodations or validation around your diagnosis. Like, mm-hmm. it's not accessible to everyone especially with bipolar disorder you get so many incorrect diagnoses before you get the right one for a lot of people and and mm-hmm. obviously in my case like for me it was major depressive disorder before it was bipolar disorder for maria i mean it was later diagnoses of like right like for you it was like anxiety and then eventually you got your bipolar one but both yeah. are true <laughs> so but anyway yeah 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 like i've had panic attacks before so i think and i also recently almost had a panic attack but i didn't so oh my god do you want to say what happened yeah i'll go into it in a second but yeah but point being with the way we talk about mental health care being so diagnosis centered like that's an insurance industry concept like that's not a real thing so totally it's okay like if you haven't received a diagnosis if you haven't found treatment that works like that is fine okay but okay so here's what i tell myself when i start to have these thoughts Okay, so it's a chronic illness. The illness lasts forever. No one I love how every framework for you is thought work. You're like, I have these imposter syndrome thoughts, and so what I say to them is... (laughs) Yeah, thought work is like CBT. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I talk back to myself a lot because (laughs) I have in the past had a lot of negative (laughs) self-talk. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, It's good to feel emotions, too. Uh, Right. Let's go with that one. But yeah, so I still have to take medication twice a day. It's still a huge pain in the ass. I still wake up groggy every morning and, like, have a really hard time waking up because I take literal sedatives at night. Seroquel. Uh, Seroquel, sisters. I still have to come out as bipolar to people. Not a day goes by where I don't check in with myself to see if I'm feeling too high or too low, if I'm starting to become manic, if I'm starting to become depressed. So, for example... I was alluding to earlier, I've been crying, like, a few times a week for the past couple weeks. What I think it is, is that I'm just, like, I have a hard time with change, like many people do. Mm. And so I've just, with the pandemic, like, starting to kind of, people are starting to come out of it now in the United States. You are jinxing us so bad. But (laughs) a lot of people in my life are getting the vaccine, and Mm -hmm. there's the thought that it could be everyone could possibly be vaccinated in los angeles by like mid-may or sometime in may Mm -hmm. now this whole pandemic i've been like it will be back to normal by 2024 so i'm not like holding out hope for it but just like everything's gonna change again and i'm not gonna have time maybe to work out in the middle of the day every day with red my friend shout out to her she's listening yeah we like go to the park every day and work out and like yeah like disruption to routine yeah and and like uh, the idea of like being tired all the time again Mm because i'm not like i'm commuting or i'm on set like so i'm working i'm like i work in tv so i would be working like 12 hour days again and commuting to and from set and so 
I just got a little, I just keep getting a little emotional thinking about it. And yeah, and so, but I'd check in with myself and be like, okay, you're crying a lot. Like, mm-hmm. is this depression? And it's not, because I know what depression feels like, because I've had depression before, and I don't feel like an over, for for me, one of my symptoms that is pretty easy to recognize is like overwhelming helplessness mm-hmm. not feeling mm-hmm. that not feeling like incredibly hopeless about the future but it's it's not had to like check in on and like other people can just cry and be like okay i cried because of like three external factors and like that's it and like moving on and yeah. i have to like literally be like okay and then the, the harder part even for me is when i feel too happy and then i'm like oh am i becoming hypomanic right I feel like I've been talking a lot, and I'll let you talk soon, but a couple of weeks ago, okay. uh, barista, like, I, I, like, ordered, I don't know, I don't know if I didn't say it loud enough, or I didn't say it, but, like, I got a full <laughs> caffeine latte instead of a decaf latte, and I don't drink caffeine, uh, like, I don't drink full caffeine stuff because I have bipolar disorder, um, That's, like, what you've chosen makes, to do, yeah. What I've chosen to do, yeah, and I'm just saying it as, like, another thing that is in my life because I have bipolar disorder. Right, right. And no need for anyone else to do it. It just makes my heart beat really fast and then I feel like I might be having, like, starting to speed up again and, like, be having another hypomanic episode. Yeah. So that happened to me and I was like, oh, this sucks. Like, I have to, like, think about this. And, like, I've forgotten to take my medication, like, once... to forgotten to bring my medication with me when I, like, stay overnight before. Yeah. And that's really fucking annoying and hard and like i feel like kind of crappy the next day and i have a really hard time like yeah not being groggy and so anyways like i feel like i'm just like complaining now but <laughs> point being there are a lot of things that is there a lot of things that yes. like bipolar makes harder for you that you wouldn't yes, have if you didn't you. have a disorder <laughs> thank you anna for saying that yes. yeah and well, I want to say something too, really, really quick. I was thinking the same. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I was thinking the same thing as you, Maria, in terms of like the going back to normal thing. Where I'm like, ugh, like all these things I'll have to do. I'm like, oh no, wait, this is what I was supposed to be practicing this whole time was like I know. boundaries and saying no to things and being like, I know. do I want to do this? If no, I can just say no to it and like. It's going to be hard putting that practice into more demands again. And I also was thinking, I was like, am I going to go back to if I'm not, like, having plans for, like, both weekend nights a weekend, I, like, get down on myself? Like, please no, because I really enjoy having, like, one night to just, like, decompress and, like, do my own thing. And, like, it sounds like, you know, you're like, oh, you did, like, the other four nights of the week it's like no I really don't honestly like I don't have that much time after yeah. work to do anything and like yeah. I have to get up so early like you're like counting down until like bedtime the whole time you know so maybe on the Patreon we'll do an episode about like lessons from the pandemic we want to bring into oh my god the yeah god are, like <laughs> lessons we're sweeping to like learn TikTok lesson TikTok <laughs> hopefully TikTok. hopefully TikTok hopefully there is some sort of time crunch I felt the same way Maria, a month into the pandemic I was like oh it's way too soon and now I'm just like how how foolish I was to think that, like, if I only had a few more months, I would, like... I know. <laughs> put in all these great habits into place. I mean, some of them did stick, but... But anyway, so... Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is, like... Right. Like, there are daily things that remind you that your life is a little bit different to... Yeah. Before you were by... Well, is that the right terminology? Like, before you were bipolar or before you had an awareness of your bipolar disorder? 
um, like I just started grad school and all-nighters are no longer an option. Like I need to get right. my work done before <laughs> I go to bed and my bedtime needs to remain the same. So like, yeah, there aren't like chances for me to just like cram something in. It's like, no, you have to be responsible at how you're using totally. your time. Honestly, it feels like kind of a blessing, but it also kind of sucks where I'm like, oh, I really wish I could just like hammer this out in two hours before it's due how I used to do it you know right but that thing I think that we're getting at too is like it's fine in our personal life if we have these doubts but the weird part is we now have a platform and we're speaking right about this bipolar disorder twice a month every month right being like you guys should listen to us because we have this like lived experience and unique perspective and it's hard where it's sometimes I worry I'm like what happens when we run out of stories you know because we don't we have like an unlimited breadth of like, it was the course podcast, of a few we've really repeated a lot of our stories yeah this like yeah. sorry if you're listening to every single one but like and I think part of it is like what we've already started doing where we're bringing more people in but also yes. knowing like the reason why we started this is because we didn't see our experience anywhere else right, right. so if people want to hear you know, about someone who was in a mixed state and almost killed themselves but didn't, and but then their whole life they, like, went in and out of, like, mania, and, like, it, that's the one here. They can read Kay Jamison's memoir that's available. An Unquiet them. Mind. An Unquiet Mind, thank you. Yep. And, you know, if they want to hear about someone who didn't know that they had bipolar for 10 years before getting a diagnosis, like, Ellen Forney's Marbles is very available. If they want to hear Ellen Forney talk about their self-help book, they can listen to our podcast as well, because we interviewed her, which is... Truly. Go back and listen. God, one of the best people in the entire world. But... <laughs> Wait, can I, can I... We had Rudy Caceres on, who's... Uh, we already mentioned on the top of the episode, but he's a bipolar expert, and he literally, when he was on our podcast, was like, I know that you all love Ellen. <laughs> Like our reputation precedes us. <laughs> Ooh, do we talk about her that much? Ellen yes, we do. Stan podcast. Yes, we do. Do we like every single one of her posts on social media on all three of our accounts? Yes, we absolutely do. Do we find any chance to reply to her stories on Instagram? Absolutely, and we've gotten some absolutely. great chances. So, but anyways, point being, like, what we bring is a very specific perspective, but it's two of them, which is great, and <laughs> <laughs> like selling our podcast and. Yeah. That's what we wanted when we were first diagnosed with someone just to Mm -hmm. have like someone like us talking about it. And hopefully this is valuable to people. Hopefully it helps make the disorder a little bit less scary to people who are first diagnosed with it. But also like every experience of being bipolar is a valid experience of being bipolar. And I'm sure they're all, we know they are because we've have, now that we have this (laughs) platform which by the way it's not as though like someone gave it to us we, we make this po- like we put in a right. lot of, we make this podcast so we can make this podcast like right. no we're not like taking it from anybody else like like we're taking up space in the bipolar world that no we're not we and, yeah. I mean, you can't even really search us and find us on itunes podcast like, apple podcast really. but anyway yet like yeah please like and subscribe and reveal not like please subscribe and rate and review us on apple podcast so that we can get even more and even better guests and yeah. you know what? Even drop a review that's just, I like these girls. Or you could drop a review, review that says, I do not like these girls, but then just rate us five. Or just put, Maria is the villain of this podcast. Maybe Anna should go yes. solo. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, any as long as the feedback is public and helps uh, people find our show. Yes. 
Okay. And that wouldn't be a lie, because that's really what should happen. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm just kidding. If anyone has any ideas for what to call the show after Anna takes over by herself. <laughs> I can't wait for you to edit all the episodes. That'll be so I'm going to call it Bipolar Baltimore. And you can have Bipolar <laughs> LA. And then we can think some more about why we called it Bipolar Bicoastal. <laughs> like, we have rival podcast. <laughs> 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 okay. What was I? Maybe saying? you don't have to start out to our Patreon for the the off the rails parts of the podcast. I know. I don't even know what I was saying. You were saying that it's valid that we have this podcast. We're not taking it for anyone oh, else. Sure. <laughs> well, that's all. That's really. <laughs> Did I tell you I started, so for those who don't know, I work on my crisis hotline um, for survivors of sexual assault, and a mm. lot of the job is just, it's on, it's over the phone or over chat, so a lot of the job is yeah. just active listening in ways that are either audible or make sense over mm-hmm. chat, and I started yeah. saying sure after people would like tell me like really horrifying or dark things, because you do that, mm. you're like, oh sure, sure, and like... That's not a very validating. Like, it's, yeah, it's, I say sure. I say sure. It sounds sure a dismissive lot. in that con in the context of crisis work, where it's like, oh sure, sure. And you're like, yeah, yeah no. Well, no. I I say it so people feel. I think it's funny. I think I like. Right. Oh, sure. Like I say it to so people do feel like their experience isn't universal. Yeah, exactly. Dude, exactly. Give me an example. So you, so you say something. No, right. I'm like, oh yeah. It's so. Yeah, I I know everyone goes through this, but I uh, actually every morning I have to wake up and do the chicken dance to feel normal. But that's everyone. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm there like, wait. Let's do vice versa. So I'll. Okay. So so I'll do under one that's like deeper. Like that would be like our crash on yeah. I had my first manic episode. It started three years ago hypomanic episode it started three years ago um it's the anniversary you know always on the anniversary i get really emotional and i start thinking about like all the horrible things that happened to me when i was hypomanic specifically uh in terms of like sexual assault oh sure sure yeah (laughs) right that's not good. Mine was real as well, so. <laughs> good thing I have bulletproof self-confidence. Sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> or I'll say, like, okay. Yeah, that's a bad one, too. I should mention that my job is also to um, listen to people and, and interview them, so not a great habit to have in, in that regard but hopefully less trauma though in your interview. mine's for casting reality tv if you're a family <laughs> living in uh, the los angeles area who would like to be on a reality tv show <laughs> please write in to bipolar by coastal at gmail.com with a picture of your family don't do that no but what you Don't should do, that, do if you want to write in so we shared our experiences hopefully we convinced you that it's valid that we have a podcast if you're listening i, I hopefully you've already been convinced but yeah but we shouldn't have to convince you because it's enough that we just feel that we're bipolar and we're here we're clear get used to it please tell us your own feelings of imposter syndrome um yes whether that's with your mental illness or with you know, your professional life, because we're going to be doing... With being queer, I have it really bad for being queer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't feel gay enough. So your sexuality, or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll unpack that on um, 
a different episode or a Patreon, uh, probably. I don't know where it fits into the main feed, but maybe the Lady Dynamite watch party. Yeah, I'll just talk about my my sexuality. But yeah, please write in. We love getting your emails. It is so so fun for us and. Fun's not the right word. It is so, so rewarding. It makes us feel less alone. It makes us feel less alone. And we're so excited for season two. It's going to be so good. We have a lot of fun interviews, but also a lot of really good um, Just the Two of Us episodes as well. And yeah, thank you for tuning in again, doing us the honor. Thank you so much for listening. This has normally where we would like plug things, but I think we did quite enough of that during the rest of the episode. So yes, we did. Thank you for listening, and we will see you. Oh, what are our takeaways? Oh, yes. One, you have bipolar disorder. That's enough. Yes, or any other mental illness that you have that you're feeling weird about. The fact that you are not feeling well or that you have not felt well in the past is enough. So if you are like, I'm like just like a mildly depressed piece of shit. You are still worth it. You're not a piece of shit. That's just your brain telling you that. I'm telling you, you're mm-hmm. not a piece of shit, okay? Mm-hmm. And you okay. Can, you're still deserving of help. Even if the only help that you can really afford or manage is, like, taking a nice bath. If you don't have a bathtub, God help you. That's all I do for self-care. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a nice deep breath. Nice deep breath. <sighs> Number two, you deserve to seek treatment. Yes. Number three, it's a chronic disorder. So if you're not in crisis, that doesn't mean that you have lost your bipolar disorder or lost your illness. Yeah. Many people, I think, actually, I forget where I've read the statistic, but I think a lot of people only have three manic episodes over the course of their whole lifetime. Interesting. So you're in great company. You're in great company. And if you have more, that's also valid. Amazing. Are we on four? I think I can close out. Yeah, number four. four. Closes out. Four, whatever your experience is with it is enough and it may make someone else feel less alone to hear that story so it's worth it to keep sharing and it is worth it to just be honest about what you've gone through if that's something that you feel comfortable doing absolutely so write in with your stories about having imposter syndrome and anna and i might just read them on the air Yes, anonymously, unless you specify otherwise. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, bye, Nanners. I love you. I love you. Bye. See you in the end of May, hopefully. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. If you liked what you heard and want more, you can get at least two bonus episodes every month for just $5 by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash bipolarbicoastal. Or you can email us any questions, comments, or concerns you might have at bipolarbicoastal at gmail.com. Your emails are truly the highlight of our week. You can find us at facebook.com slash bipolarbicoastal or on Instagram at bipolarbicoastal. Thank you to Mia Thoreau, who did our show art, Hannah Dorfman, who does our music, and Evie Davis, who did our portraits. Goodbye! Goodbye!